You're listening to the Sill Podcast Perspectives on Art and Technology with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 45 Blues and Jazz Bops into Town. 16 Years of Musical Joy. Well, it's that time of year again here in Orangeville with the three-day 16th annual Orangeville Blues and Jazz Festival in historic downtown Orangeville from June 1st to June 3rd, featuring four outdoor stages and 90 acts, including Alex Cuba, Sugar Ray Rayford, Raul and the Big Time, Robbie Botos, and Kelly Lee Evans, just to name a few, in local pubs, restaurants, and event venues. It's an entertainment value you just might not want to miss. The 2018 festival details are all available on the web at orangevillebluesandjazz.ca. Fifteen years ago in June of 2003, founder, artistic director, bluesman, and craftsman Larry Kurtz and a small yet determined group of five volunteers managed to organize and put on a free, easy-to-see-it-all, musically eclectic party in Headwaters. About 2,000 people attended. This year, 35,000 are expected. This week, Harry and I spoke with very busy Larry Kurtz on the phone. Larry, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, happy to be here. So, here we are 15 years ago, okay? You're sitting in your Naga Hyde Easy Boy, smoking a cigar or a pipe, or whatever you're doing. <laughs> and, and like a bolt out of the blue, something came to you to create this festival. What happened? How did the idea for the festival come to you? Yeah, uh, my wife and I were always going to Toronto to see our favorite bands, and uh, I had this idea that I would like to bring some of them up to Orangeville. I was already a musician mm. and I knew some of the some of my favorite bands. So uh started doing some shows inside clubs. I collaborated with the Mad Hatter as a venue, the old location downtown before it burned down back in nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So I hired a band, I printed tickets, built a stage, hired a sound man and went to the newspaper, got them to write a story about it. And the first concert that I did sold out. I thought, wow, this is great. This is easy. And uh, did a few more shows and found out it's not so easy every time. <laughs> you don't always sell it out. And yes, I gained a bit of experience on running events. We go to a lot of festivals. And I had this idea of Orangeville. It would be great to have a festival here. And I tried to take some of the best ideas I had seen from other festivals but maybe make them work in a small town. I was going to Beaches Jazz in Montreal and different places outside mm-hmm. Shuffle and Port Credit. And, uh, yeah, I just had this desire. It was something that I wanted to share with everybody in Orangeville. I just love the music so much. And what would you say was the biggest challenge in getting this whole thing off the ground? The biggest challenge originally was just getting people on board to believe that it could actually happen. So I went to every person that I knew in my woodworking business and asked them to be a sponsor of this unknown event, mm-hmm. first-time event. And uh, you have a little bit of experience with that now, Harry, yourself. Absolutely. And it's hard to get people to get behind something that they haven't seen and is not proven yet. But uh, I did gain enough sponsorship to 
have enough money to hire some bands. And I went to the town of Orangeville and asked permission to use the park. I had to uh, gain a permit for that and uh, hired a sound company to do some sound and stage. So the hurdles were just getting it off the ground is getting people to believe that it could actually happen when they haven't seen it. And did you break even that first year? You know, we did. We broke even. Wow. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, because we had a beer garden. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, seemed to uh, save the day. The first year, the festival cost $15,000 of my own money that I didn't really have. Mm. And we uh, were able to get enough sponsorship and enough sales of the only the only income we had was beer garden uh, because it's a free concert and mm. sponsorships no grants from the government not no money from anybody just sort of my own cash which i didn't have a lot of not even the town of orangeville no nothing the first year oh wow wow no no year 2 was a different story once people had seen it yeah a lot of people were excited about it and then it started to uh, build and come together. But the first year, of course, yeah, very tough. There was myself and there were five friends I had that were volunteers and, and my own family. So, you know, like we were setting up all the chairs in the park and we were uh, just organizing everything with like a skeleton crew, that's for sure. And in year two, you became a nonprofit organization, right? No, we did not become a nonprofit until year three of the festival. So we went through the second year. My aunt... Ruth and myself co-signed a loan at the bank for the festival, mm. uh, getting a bank loan, and it was still my own money. And she co-signed with me to guarantee it, and uh, we really never got our name off the books until about year four on that loan. Uh, so has it been a gradual build, or was there a kind of a, uh, a year three, four, or five when it suddenly really kind of jumped to another yeah. level? The biggest jump was between year one and two. Oh. So we, we went basically from five volunteers to 50 in year two. Wow. And uh, we went from zero funding to a grant from the town of Orangeville, which I've not been as successful ever since then, but uh, we, we got a $25,000 grant from the town to uh, put on the second festival. <laughs> and uh, it was, that was really helpful. And this was still before any, any government-type grants that we now have been pretty successful in obtaining grants now that the festival is proven. Yeah, early days, we certainly didn't have any government help, and it was a big boost to get that the money from the town of Orangeville. I remember going to the council meeting and asking for this $25,000, and I had to go operate after the Boy Scouts who were asking $800 to go on a trip. Uh-huh. And then, like, I felt so greedy, but <laughs> it, was, it, was, uh, <laughs> it, it, was, it was all for a good cause eventually. <laughs> well, you, you may want to check the website because that's why I asked if it was the following year, because on your website it shows it as 2004 being the year that you went nonprofit. Ah, okay. That might be a typo. Yeah. I believe it was not until the third year. Uh, the second year, we gained some really good volunteers who have stayed with the festival almost since then, who have put in 15 years of volunteering including Gary Brown, who was our financial guy, who did the grants, and he's just retiring from the board now, finally, this year. But we're still bugging him all the time. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we had Gordon McWilliams, who was the person who uh, came up with the concept and idea for the Blues Cruise. Some really good, really good volunteers came on in year two. And it uh, became like a lot of long-time friendships developed out of that. Sure. So it's grown to this incredible festival now, the 16th year coming up. Uh, how many people tend to come into Orangeville for the festival? Do you have any estimates? We do. Uh, it's not totally scientific because we 
just started selling some tickets in the park last year, but our, our crowd counts. And uh, if you include all the all the restaurants and bars and the different events happening around town, we had about 35,000 people last year over four days. Fantastic. I mean, that's yeah. that's like the Elvis Festival up in Collingwood gets around yeah. that every year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a big fest for sure. Fox, Fox. So, what's your story? You don't define jazz. Jazz is just like a, an attitude. See, music is nothing but styles, like I do. I play. I play a style. If it's a blues, I play the blues. If it's a ballad, I play the ballad. If it's funky, I play that. If it's fast, I play that. And when I go to the stage now, I don't worry about myself. My main concern is whatever you're going to hit, the note or whatever you do, you just look at the expressions on someone's face. And it's like I wrote a song once about, you know, you can tell somebody you love them and you be lying. But if you show them, you can't lie. Well, I was told once that music soothes the savage beast, and I think there's a little beast in all of us. Jazz plus soul equals blues. Fox, Fox. Over the years then, Larry, what are some of the you know, highlights of the festival? Any great performances, any surprises in any of those mm-hmm. years? Yeah, there's been all kinds of those. Uh, I know I'm getting a, a great moment when I get like that chill down my back when somebody's performing. Yeah. And we've had that. One of the first times I can remember back in 2007 was uh, we had a band, the African Guitar Summit. And oh, it was yeah. basically mm-hmm. an all-star band mm-hmm. of uh, Afro-Canadian musicians. Yep. And uh, that was just amazing. Um, yeah, and then like some personal highlights for myself, I've got to meet some of my musical heroes, Kim Wilson from the Fabulous Thunderbirds, and last year with Lee Oscar playing here, probably the most famous harmonica player in the world we had in at the festival. Mm-hmm. Hmm. last year. So that was uh, a real treat. Yeah, so many like highlight performances. One of the fun things for me is bringing in talent that is new to Canada. It's the first time playing here. Right. So we've sort of we've done that five or six times with different acts. Orangeville was their very first time being in, in Canada, not let alone in this area. So uh, that's always a gratifying thing as well. The amount of local musicians who... Uh, play at the festival, that's a real highlight, just that we can include so much of our local talent. We can't include everybody every year, but Mm -hmm. we're trying to get to it eventually. And you certainly bring in the high school students as well, I noticed, every year pretty well, which is a great thing. And Humber College as well. Uh, We give an opportunity for their students to perform, the jazz students. And in the last couple of years, we've had Robert F. Hall as well. You Mm -hmm. know, a lot of Orangeville students go to that school, so it's uh, nice to include them as well. So while you're on the subject of headliners, who's headlining this year, Harry? Larry. Or Larry, sorry. <laughs> who's headlining this year, Larry? Harry might know. <laughs> the headliners, um, Friday night, Raul in the big time. Raul is an actor and singer. You may have seen him in a lot of Canadian films, as well as Hollywood productions, but he's a fantastic harmonica player, singer. That's Friday night. Saturday night, the headliner is Sugar Ray Rayford coming all the way from Los Angeles, California, mm. who was, uh, he was just up for four Blues Music Awards uh, in Memphis this past week. And on Sunday, we have a real star performer. This is probably one of the, uh, how would I say it? One of the, like we, we always try to be a little bit underground and have 
people who are not in the mainstream, but we have Alex Cuba coming, mm-hmm. who is really a, a headliner on Sunday. And I really hope that people will come out on that day and, and support that and check it out. Very talented uh, guy. Very talented. And uh, I saw him in Toronto for the tree lighting ceremony and amazing show he puts on. So a very high level of uh, talent for the headliners this year. You've got Kelly Lee Evans too, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Kelly Lee, she was just up for a Juno Award this year in the same category as Diana Krall. So mm. <laughs> Diana won, but Kelly Lee was right there with her. She's played here once before, a long time ago, so we're really glad to get her back. Okay, now, here's the thing, Larry. I, I just came through this little poetry festival that I started up yes. a week ago, and I know how much work goes into a festival, and mm-hmm. this was a very small little thing, one one-hundredth of your budget, <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and all of that work and all that preparation and all that responsibility yes. for months in advance, months and months in advance, and yes. i just trying to imagine how... This festival of yours has affected your life in general, year to year to year, with all of that work going on. It's been uh, mostly a lot of good. There's been a few challenges, that's for sure. But the challenges were, in the first five years of of the festival, not having enough help to do it, Mm. and having my own self-employed woodworking business. It was running it into the ground. The amount of hours that I lost off of my real job doing this because I was so passionate about it and because it was just necessary I was down in income you know, a lot of hours every year because I just did not have enough time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that situation's been remedied now because we have so much help. Now we have 160 volunteers, and we have wow. uh, we have a board of eight people and a couple of uh, other people who help out the board as well. What's your budget so now? The budget now, so year one was 15000 This year our budget is 302000 Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's a lot of... <laughs> um, but that means that we have to raise that much money. So it's uh, it's still a lot of hard work, like thousands of volunteer hours. If you figure, you know, everybody on the board is putting in two to three hundred hours at least mm-hmm. uh, in preparation. And there's also myself and a couple other people. I'm up to more like a thousand hours a year. And it's just a lot of time. We feel it's worth it in the end. Because yeah, I mean, you end up with a fantastic product in the end. The other positive things about the festival is that Doing this, I've met way more people locally in town than I ever would have just through living here and having my woodworking business. And I meet people from all walks of life. Uh, So I I enjoy that, like getting to hear about what other people are doing and meeting other people in in the town. You make so many great connections and hear about so many great things that other people are doing in town that I may not have been aware of. Amazing where passion takes you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So what do you see for the future of the event, Larry? Can it grow, given the small-town environment? It can It can possibly grow a little bit. I mean, some people don't like this answer, but I don't feel like it needs to get a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. We're, we're at a nice size and it's well-established. I think we just want to continue to improve the festival, and that can be in many ways, whether it's the experienced musicians who come here to play have... And, of course, the audience and, you know, what can we do to make life better in Orangeville is sort of what we think about. But it's not um, necessarily having to grow to a festival of 100,000 people. That's not not our goal. I don't think that's who we are anyways. 
Oh, I'm with your thinking. Trying to improve the quality. Yeah, with your thinking all the way. Yeah, and it's wonderful that that to keep adding culture to the community year by year. I know with this poetry festival, I wanted to just add another element of culture to the community. Yeah, because I realized that the jazz festival was about the only one, really. Right. Uh, Well, it's uh, it's this town. I find the town is very receptive to culture, so they're mm -hmm. they're very they're very accepting of it and welcoming of it. I mean, if we can include more features without adding a whole lot more work for ourselves, but for instance, collaborating with other artistic groups mm-hmm. uh, as part of the festival, then we're all for that. Mm-hmm. Integrating. Yeah, yeah. We just, uh, some people have requested, can we make the car show bigger? There's, you know, we can't even fit all the cars we have on the Friday night. I'm thinking to myself, where <laughs> we, we have uh, the whole downtown filled. And maybe that's the limit. You don't necessarily have to always be bigger. Mm-hmm. Just keep improving, that's all. Yeah, and I'm sure it will. Thank you very much for coming on the, the podcast today, Larry. Yeah. Uh, I wish yeah, you the best yeah, of luck. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, I wish you the best thank of you. luck with the festival this year. It's going to be awesome as usual, and we'll it's be there close, to... Uh, so we're, we're getting excited. Awesome. Looking, looking forward to attending. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. All right. And... Uh, we're guaranteeing good weather, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. The weather gods are on board. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thanks again, Larry. Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys doing this. It's, uh, we appreciate the support, and it's nice to talk with some guys that are passionate about it as well. Yeah, all right. All righty. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Eric. See, right. See you later, Peter. Bye-bye. 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 Bye. The Sill Podcast, Perspectives on Art and Technology, is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com. Thank you.